been listeners to episode 45 of the Running Guide podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes and health professionals from around the world, like in today's episode, where I'm chatting to a Brisbane runner who's part of the growing talented team at the Gold Coast Run Co and just ran a sensational 63-31 half on the Gold Coast two weeks ago, finishing in third spot. Welcome to the Running Guide podcast, Tim Vincent. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to it, Tim. Let's start with the goalie half. Were you sort of hopes leading in? How were you sort of feeling in the sessions in the week prior and how did the race unfold? Yeah, cool. So it was actually a really like weird um, build up for me. So probably like one of my most interrupted of recent like memory. Um, so I'm a uni student in my fourth year of clinical exercise physiology. So I'm kind of getting all the pracs out of the way at the moment. So yeah, adjusting to full time kind of work hours which is you know like that's what we've all got to do but it was very new to me and I kind of struggled a bit with that so training you know normal gets interrupted that's life doing workouts solo at random hours so it was all just like a new kind of experience and the way that my body was responding to the workouts was the effort was there but the quality of sessions wasn't and I don't necessarily think that was because I wasn't fit, but I was just generally so tired. So it was pretty hard to read the kind of shape that I was in. What are you actually doing that's taking time away from your training? Yeah, yeah. So clinical exercise physiology, going through, yeah, prax at the moment. So a lot of that will involve, yeah, just like a pretty standard work day. And obviously with the added pressure of like assessments and stuff in there. So, you know, some days like anything, you'll stay back and kind of prioritize it a bit more than, um, yeah, training, you know, you just got to get through it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're in your fourth year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So see the light at the end of the tunnel, one more semester. All right. Let's get back to the race, mate. So it was a little bit uncertainty going in a lot of sessions on your own. So you live in Brisbane, but you train on the Gold Coast. Is that correct? Technically? Yes. I'd say previously to this year, yeah, I haven't actually been able to get down to the coast much um, this year. I do most of my work in um, Brisbane, actually. I try to get to the coast on a Saturday. Um, okay. My main training partners are also kind of Brisbane-based, um, except Liam works on the Gold Coast. So the way we kind of operate midweek this year has tended to kind of be by ourselves. It just hasn't lined up well. Yeah, so that's coming into Gold Coast. Yeah, a lot of work by myself, not a whole lot of racing that I was necessarily happy with either okay. um, and I'm a big confidence runner and kind of just didn't have that going into it as well so it was different in that sense and how, how did the race unfold I mean you picked up third spot that's that's not bad is that what you're sort of hoping for were you running on a time or position or just really wanted to have a good knock yeah so I was um I was running for position that day um I was going into it kind of sounds a bit stupid now but yeah I was hoping for like top eight it was pretty loaded field kind of just wanted to put myself in it I probably didn't do that enough so anyone who saw the stream the boys out front uh Liam Brett and Ed went out pretty quick hindsight's a wonderful thing I probably should have gone with that because they did slow down towards about 10k I think it was okay um I was on the second group so there were two Kiwi athletes Liam Boone and myself Big kudos to Liam Boone. So he was actually the workhorse of our group and pretty much sat on the front for about 15K. And we started to reel the other boys in out front and we had a bit of a crack. I managed to get off the front of our group, caught Liam Adams with about a K to go. But it was like I'd left way too much to do to kind of get anywhere near Ed, who was further up the road. So even though I closed pretty well, don't get me wrong, like I ran as hard as I could. I was absolutely busted by the end of it. But there's always that like, you know, what if, like, it's good in between run, um, but I hope next start over the half I could put myself in the race a bit more. As in being in that front group rather than the chase group. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. even like you know if it is too quick, like find out if it's too quick. Like okay. yeah, ha- be in the race because I didn't feel like I was in the race that day. Bit of a history lesson heading back. When did you start running and why? Was there sort of influences yes, or doing other sports like a lot of kids do or how did it all unfold? Yeah, so we probably briefly touched on this anyway when you and I messaged. So I love my football or soccer. That was my main sport till about 14. I started okay. running at 10 years old through like the school sports system here in Queensland. That was just like pure luck though. So I was kind of getting to states off no training. So yeah, is this like, cross country kind of... or are you talking on the track? Yeah, or? yes. Sorry, yeah. So I never actually ran track. It was all crossy. Okay. Loved my crossy, did trail running, and then loved soccer. So played sure. that 
every time it was track season i'd have a break so i'd have six months off and run cross country every year yeah and i did that till i was about maybe 14 and it started taking running a bit more seriously so probably started that's where i'd say there was a switch like in terms of time and effort to the two sports like running took over at about 14. were you playing we'll call it soccer at, at a reasonably high level or yeah yeah so i was playing look they changed the anyone who knows soccer is you know, they change the systems in the leagues pretty much every year. But at the time, it was called BJL. So it was like the top league you could play as a 14-year-old in Brisbane. Okay. And now, yeah, had a pretty crash-hot team. Like, we won a few grand finals, a few premierships. And, yeah, a few of the guys are doing quite well now, still yeah. playing. So, yeah, it was a pretty good team, pretty high level. And that's kind of why I stopped in that sense. Like, the demands for soccer required that it be the only sport that I do. And I was not ready to focus on one sport. So I kind of got half my choice, but mainly just because I got dropped from the side because I was, you know, tired from running and, you know, missing strength and conditioning trainings to go to running training. Soccer and then moved over to running. Yep. So you're doing cross country. So you're making nationals. I made my, so not really, I'd always get to state. That was my one big thing I actually pride myself on. So from year, what do you start? Year five, I think it is. Yes, that's year right. Year five to yep. year 12. Yep. I was the only boy in my region to make the regional team every single year. Okay. So I got yep. to states every single year. Most, some years it was a sprint finish and I was coming fifth, mm. but I only made nationals like with the school sport team twice out of my whole high school life, yeah. Brothers and sisters? Yeah, very, very sporty family. So okay. i got twin sister and an older sister. They both ran. I think there was one year where we all went to state cross country, but they do it more for a bit of fun. My older sister loves soccer as well, so does dad. We're all just playing sport, like not necessarily to a high level, but we're all active and doing something always. Before we have a quick break and watch Stewie run the 1500 in a few minutes... Let's see if we can get through your, uh, through your PBs. 1,500 metres we've got here up there in Brizzy. Yeah. November 14, 2020, you ran a 3.49.56. Yep, I'm actually quite chuffed with that one. I know it's not much for a 1,500, but that's about the only one I've run. That was during COVID as well, so had the rare opportunity to, yeah, like I, I was generally training for that 1,500, doing a lot of speed work. Yep. And the way the race played out on that day, I felt like I executed very, very well, kind of my ability over 1,500. Look, I don't think you've run too many 3,000s because this is slow by your standard, but uh, and this is IAAF, but they got you down for an 829, 3,000 back in uh, 2019 up there in Sheldon, in Brizzy. Yeah, so I think I've actually split faster than that in a few races. Yeah, but I reckon you would, that, yeah. That, that's what I mean. It's like I probably neglect the track stuff a bit too much. Love my road, love my crossy, and you're always oh, – I like to have downtime in my seasons as well. So the last few years, it kind of falls a lot of the time around, you know, when our 3K champs are on. Mate, your 5,000 metres you set, PB this year uh, at Adelaide, uh, 13.49.62 in February, finishing in 12th spot at the Track Classic there. Yeah, once again, that was actually a, I said this before the race to a few people, that night in Adelaide, the conditions were probably the best I've ever seen for running. Okay. Shame Zatapec wasn't actually like those conditions i genuinely felt that night had i run a 10k could have run something pretty good nonetheless i was very chuffed with that 5k run the only thing i probably could have executed a bit better if anyone watched the race was there was a group that got away and i kind of let them get away thinking they were going to run about you know 13 25 13 30 and all of a sudden a lap later i kind of kept running the same pace and it took me about two laps and i think i dropped to 64 and I got back onto the group. So I kind of had to waste a little bit of energy and kind of got caught in no man's land a bit. Look, we're only talking a fraction of seconds here. Yeah. So it was a pretty perfect run by my standard. Yeah. But there was, you know. Pretty deep field, 12 spot mistakes. for a 13.49. Yeah. There were some good runs oh, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was chuffed. And a few of those names in the field and the people like Jude Thomas I was training with at the time to even get four seconds off him on the track. I was I was actually with him um, at the last 200. So there's... As a fun fact for anyone out there, he put four seconds into me in the last 200. He is rapid. Good, good fun, nonetheless. 10,000 metres we've got up there in Brizzy. Now, this is a big race. Um, Queensland Championships at uh, Cusack there. 
uh, September 2021, you ran 28.59.75. So first sub 29 for you, seven second PB. To do that in Queensland was pretty big for me and it was actually kind of accidental. So yep. the race was set up for Liam Bowden. We had Louis pacing for about, I think, 14.25 through 5K. Once again, I didn't kind of think I could do that, but that was the pace, so I just rolled with it. Liam actually didn't take the pace initially, so I slotted in front of him and just thought, you know, well, like, screw it, let's see what happens. And I had a good day. Um, Louis, big credit to him. That's probably the reason I got there. He got me through 6K of that. Really only had to grit my teeth for, you know, 2 or 3K, and then the rest takes care of itself. Probably one of my more impressive runs to do on Queensland soil, because anyone who's run up here knows it's... Look, it's possible, but to do in a less dense field in an afternoon in Brisbane isn't easy. Was it stoked to go under 29 or was just more happy yeah. about the actual race itself and that was just yeah, a so bit we of a were, cherry on top? No, nah, we were kind of all running for time that day anyway. Yeah. Okay. Or like, the, Obviously, the win's important um, because there are a few of us in that field. I think Jude was running that day too, so everyone wanted to win, but not to a point where it's tactical and Louis volunteered to pace. So like the win was the bonus and we all kind of wanted to try and make sure we got a good time to get us into Zatapec because the, yeah, the quality of running right now in Australia is yeah pretty high. Like you do need to run yearly times that are competitive to prove you're good enough to be in that Australian championship. All right, team, let's move on to the road. Uh, IAAF always have the old 5K Noosa Bolt in there, mate. So they got you down there for a 14.11 in 2021, finishing in full spot. Do you like heading up there? Is that uh, is that sort of a regular for you? Yeah, it's a um, pretty regular race for everyone up here, A, eh? because it's just like even if you're not fit, it is the best weekend away up at Noosa. Sure, yeah. Um, it's a big triathlon weekend, just, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not a Sunday race. It's a Saturday afternoon. So, sure. you know, you go at dinner, see everyone. Like, uh, usually a few guys come up from interstate as well, so it's a good catch-up. Yep. Get a nice long run, hit the beach. Like, it's just a really good weekend. The way the actual race played out, it's, like, pretty quick in terms of, like, previous years and stuff. Yeah, once again, I lost touch with the main group. So it's four, what would that be, 1.25K laps with two roundabouts at each end. Um, so I lost touch on the last lap, but managed to actually reel a few guys back in from that lead group over the last bridge. Yeah. So once again, kind of just like... Had a good run. I just ran my own pace, but yeah, lost contact. Greg Owe, Brucey were too strong. Louis tried to go with it, got enough of a gap ahead of me, and then I reeled a few stragglers in. All right, 10K down at Lawney, 2021 in June, 29-22, six spot. Yeah, look, I love, I've been there three times. Can't seem, I've done the 10 the last two years. Can't seem to, you know, hit the nail on the head. This one, I was this year, sick, DNF, first one ever. Um, last year, which is my official PB, felt like I executed the race pretty well. Mm. Might have just been like tired from high volume in training. Who knows? Or um, very quality field. Like we got blown away by Isaac Hayne. It's still one of the most impressive runs I've physically witnessed in a race. We got obliterated and no one in the field. So he won in about 29.06 and just ran off the front the last five. Um, I was in a big group and I tried to get rid of them for about 3K towards the end. I made like two or three moves and I could never get more than 10 or 20 metres. Made my final move coming into the home straight. Absolutely hilarious. We all laugh about it now. Like a few guys like Archie Reed, Kieran Tall, Liam Boone. So I made the mistake of like not knowing where the finish line was. Like I had a rough idea. I've turned this last corner and I've already put my foot like absolute down to the floor. Yeah, yeah. Got about 20 metres on the boys and I'm like, you know, this is good. We're going to finish second here. Because, yeah, it was a massive group from second to eighth. And I was like, you know, we're in the money here. Turn right, hit this headwind in my face and see probably at least a 300 metre straight. Look, I, what did I come? I think sixth or something it says sixth. on there. Good, yeah, yeah. good race, lovely experience. Um, yeah. And I still joke with the guys to this day. Like, it's probably the quickest I've ever closed my last 600 metres in a race. It was absolutely wild and a really cool racing experience. But, yeah, I'd like to hope I can run a bit quicker over the roads. I've had um, last year in November, we had the Bridge to Brizzy 10K up here. So I was lucky enough to win that one. And I think that was 28.45, but nonetheless, the course A isn't certified. So look, could be anywhere within 100 metres, I'd guess. Who knows? Could be yeah. short, 
could be long. I don't think it is. My gut feeling's maybe 50 short. Yeah. But, yeah, that's probably my best 10K run, even though it's not certified. Interesting you talk about uh, runs that weren't certified because I'm looking at the history of your half marathons. Obviously, you ran that the goalie we just spoke about in 63.31 only a few weeks ago. There's a race in March over in yes. Rome, 61.43, not legal. What's going on there? Yeah, cool. Um, so there's like... The easiest way to explain it, there's like rules that you need to have like a legal course. So there's the net descent rule and it satisfies that. So it's a legal result in terms of qualifying for major championships, personal bests, world teams, whatever. So that result can be used for those circumstances. Okay. But where it didn't satisfy, you know, not to get an asterisk is point A to B. So like Boston Marathon, same kind of thing. The, what's the official rule? It's got to exceed... Point A and B has to be within, what is it, half the race distance? I don't know, something like that. But, yeah, this one started in Rome and ran out to the water, so it's 21K apart, like City to Bay, like Boston Marathon. So all those results, you know, you can qualify for championships off them, but they're not eligible for world records, Australian records, any sort of records. So you're putting that one down as your PB? Look, I leave people to make up their own mind. The reason why it's probably quicker than all my other ones is it's actually not, it is the point A to B. So it's, we had a massive tailwind that day. It was a cold front in Rome and I Googled it. And basically the wind that comes through after a cold front apparently is a north, northwesterly. And we were running, what's direct opposite of that? I think southwest down this literal highway, just southwest, wind in our back. I actually didn't even have a group with me. Like I just time trialed that. Nonetheless, I'm not going to rob myself of anything because I worked bloody hard, ran as hard as I could. But, yeah, I think the tailwind played a big part in that result. Oh, it's a fantastic time. What other Aussies were running that race? Um, I think I was the only one because okay. I went over for um, the World Uni Cross, which was actually six days later. So, yeah, I was a bit cooked for that. Yeah, uh, we'll chat about that in a sec, actually. The other one that down here is the Melbourne Marathon Festival. Last December, yeah. 62.47 where you finished third. But why is that not down? Mate, I'd, I wish I could tell you because, to be honest, that's another one of my – like, to run that there, anyone who's run Melbourne knows it's not an – it's not a slow course, but it's not the easiest place to run on that specific course, I mean. So, look, I'd love that one. I don't know why it's on my profile but not as a PB. I don't yeah. make the rules. I kind of also don't really care. I just run. Yeah. <laughs> but fair. look, I, I agree. It, it'd be nice to have that one as a PB. It, uh, it's something to do with maybe they didn't get it certified that year. I don't know. But yeah. there's something obviously happened with that race. And it's not just the half. It's the Mara because I think Ed had the same thing on his. But look, yeah, I don't like getting into that stuff. I just run. I do my job. Let's talk about your weekly structure now. It, it may vary, I can imagine, with, with your studies and that. But let's just talk about how you sort of manage through your week. And let's also start talking about the Gold Coast run. You, you mentioned Jack O. Elliott. I think he mainly looks after the elite squad. Is that is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Monday, depending how I'm feeling, look, it's pretty cruisy. Usually around like 17K or something, 80 minutes, nothing too strenuous, maybe a few strides. I kind of tend to neglect them as a bit more than I should because I just like the distance stuff. But the turnover is so good and important for guys like me because it doesn't come easy usually depends if i'm doing track the next day so that'll lead to tuesday usually so is, some is, sort that, of is work. it monday just a, an am run yeah well depends on life you know yeah. usually yeah. like to try and get it done in the morning yeah tuesday so i do a workout preferably in the am but once again you know life um prac uni whatever so a workout usually it's like a fartlek kind of thing around 30 minutes popular one we do is like three two one with half recovery what else do we do something like two minute reps with yeah one minute recovery um and sometimes like today or yesterday yeah on the track so trying to roll a bit quicker before races so tuesday's usually around eight to ten k in volume but recovery that's the one thing i notice it's all active recovery on a tuesday so we don't, you know, you're not really ever standing still. Then I'll usually do about a 30, 35-minute double, and that's Tuesday wrapped up. Is this with the Runco on the Goldie? Are you driving down for this? or? Nah, no, I used no. to. Yeah, so this is by myself, usually at um, UQ. Sometimes I'll just head to my local. I live, like, near this bike path that runs for about 25 kilometres through this creek in Brisbane. So I'm yep. pretty lucky to have that. Okay. So I can go there for workouts. Um, Wednesday, I usually like to try and, depending if i got racing coming up, I, 
I like to go long. So sometimes I get up to like 90 minutes, even like hour 45, but I've really got to have like no races coming up because I the hour 45 on a Wednesday, like it knocks me around. Yeah, so preferably usually 90 on a Wednesday. And what do you sort of, that's just mainly on the road or do you always try to stay to the softer stuff? Yeah, that's a good question actually. So traditionally I always run on the grass beside the footpath. Recently I've kind of just been jumping bit more of both but if anything more concrete just trialing a theory of like you know trying to get some strength in the legs bang them up a little bit i don't mind running sessions feeling crap because you know some race days you feel crap i like to kind of try and get comfy if you like with not feeling good so then you know when you do feel good it's kind of like a bonus hey what sort of shoes are you bouncing around in do you sort of rotate a few pairs yeah at the moment i'm in Adidas Supernova Plus, so they're not too bad. That's like my mileage shoe, getting to the end of its life. What am I using? Sessions, I'm in like the Asics um, Metaspeed Sky Plus. And then I do love the Nike Invincible for pretty much like warm downs, double runs, anytime you feel like you're proper cooked. It's basically like a cheat shoe. Well, that's how it feels anyway. It's like almost imagine like what an Alter G I reckon would feel like that's kind of like a shoe that yeah. does that. Okay. Um, Thursday, what do we do Thursdays? So Thursdays usually a bit more interval like, so maybe not on a track. It's it's a weird one actually. So we can do in. It really depends on the stage of year. So we can do intervals. We can do long hill reps, and the other one we can do is like a long threshold. So last, I'll just go off last week for example. Um, what we have, I think it was a 35 minute threshold. So as I was kind of saying previously, I, I chose to do this on road or footpath. Just wanted to simulate that feeling of like a decent amount of time on the legs on bitumen because I do tend to forget how much of a toll it actually takes. Sure. Just the constant repetitive banging. So when you Friday, say when you say we, you're still doing these on your own, but you say we because it's a program for the squad. Yeah, yeah, so okay. that's, that's my bad. So, yeah, I'm still doing this by myself. Everything yep. midweek's by myself. Yeah, we, as a group, we're all kind of given the same session. So we just do that on our own. If we can, we'll meet up, but we're doing the same stuff nonetheless. Jacko is sort of looking at Strava data, or is he sort of, how do you sort of communicate how the session went and how does he sort of track that? Yeah, so Strava, but also we've got like a group chat on Messenger. So okay. kind of flick stuff through, any yep. issues, any problems. Yep. Even just the way he wants it done, which is important too. So probably just messenger. Friday's where I differ to maybe like if you talk to Louis or Jordo or Liam. I like my Friday as like a, it's not a rest day, but it's the closest thing you'll get to a rest day without being not running. So I do anywhere from 60 minutes to 70 minutes. Proper, proper slow, like not a waste of time because otherwise I wouldn't run, but pretty close to it. I have a thought in my head every Friday that is if I, you know, if I feel like I need a break or if I feel like I'm not getting a break at the pace that I'm doing, slow down till you feel like you're getting a rest day. Sure. So some days I've I've had easy runs where I haven't gone under five minute Ks and I've had other ones where I've run 420s, but it is the one day that I really run to feel it's got to be my rest for the week. That's Friday because yep. I work pretty hard most days. Good you um, said that because that, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to head back to your Wednesday run and say, you know, that run where you say you want to run 80, 90 minutes, depending on what's what's happening with racing, do you run on feel and just let the legs sort of tick over and let the body do what it wants to do or do you hold yourself back? So obviously on the Friday, you try to just really run easily. If your legs just want to start ticking over a bit quicker, so be it, but it's more that... This is, this is a day where I can just sort of kick back a little bit and let the body, it's like an active recovery day, whereas Wednesday yeah, you yeah, sort of go on feel or do you yeah, actually try yeah. to push Friday's the pace also, a bit? Friday's also for the mind. Wednesday, look, if I'm feeling good, I will lean in. Um, yep. Not hard, but, you know, if there's a hill, I'm feeling good. Yep. I won't take the piss out of it. You know, I'll run it. Um, yep. I'm not worried about tiring myself out for Thursday. Like sure. I said before, if anything, I actually don't mind that. And Friday's, yeah, my chance to kind of undo the last six days and do it all again saturday on an ideal week we go down to the gold coast mainly to see each other and get coffee to be honest because yep. <laughs> yeah we'll run first um yep. but yeah long reps what's that um, these days about 40 minutes on the highway or how long does it take to get down there no nah, it's a, i'm north side of brisbane too so with no traffic 
probably 70 minutes. Yeah, so the Saturday's usually our chunkiest in terms of volume. Just because everyone works, we can kind of get together most of the time and do it. So it's just a lot of other groups will do like their Tuesday is a big one, but that's like our Saturday. So yeah, it can be a long threshold if we do hills on a Thursday. It can be K reps. It can be a hard track workout. So once again, it kind of is like that Thursday where it just depends on what time of year it is as to what we do. Around this time of year, it would be something like 8 by K. And if we're moving really well, you know, we might play around with the pace on them too. So that's that makes that a bit more challenging when you're told on the fifth or seventh one to or both to kind of yeah empty the tank sunday long run um, yeah yep and the other thing i quickly forgot so yep. i'll double three session days all 30 35 minutes um yep. and then sunday long run usually if i'm racing a big race or one i really care about i'll do 90 minutes apart from that usually yep. hour 45 to two hours on the hard Shoes. stuff or the soft stuff yeah so kind of depends stage of year recently i've been banging the concrete in shoes with not a lot of support yep. and i really feel it i was doing that up to gold coast i think it served me well but yeah given i'm coming into a bit of racing now i'm sure most people are it's a busy time of year so i do probably will do more like hour 45 now even some weeks with the invincibles and even on grass is that on feel yeah yeah completely on feel yep. and um yeah like racing in and around racing i don't usually some groups do a pretty hard long run or, you know, they might lean in a bit more, but we don't tend to do that just with three sessions in the week. It's, yeah, I personally just feel like I'm reaching too much if I'll, you know, get into the long run. You know, I might average 415, 420, and the only reason it's that average is, you know, I might start at 440 and finish at, you know, 410s for probably half of it, so I might get like a 420 average. Don't care about the pace, yeah. Yeah, sure. So what's the weekly volume set at, like 130, 140 or something like that? 140, 150, yeah, around okay. that, like in a um, solid, you know, base training phase. So how long have you been uh, with Draco, you know, or with the Gold Coast Runco? And maybe you could tell us a bit more about what this Gold Coast Runco is all about. Yeah, cool. So I believe since 2018, would be 2017, but let's just say 2018 since I've been there. So most of our group it's actually like a social run club or for the community basically and what we're about and it even these values apply to our juniors high performance and everyone it's all just kind of about getting everyone involved it's a really close-knit community encouraging each other and kind of sharing life through running i guess because you know everyone works everyone's got stuff on we've over the last five years like um, in our high performance group, people come, gone. We've all kind of grown up a bit, got different things going on. But there's that core group kind of still there, the coaching. And you just rock up, like I said, once a week on a Saturday, have a coffee, catch up, what's going on. And it's that's a really core, important element to our group. It kind of keeps it going. Having that, that around in the run community, we tend to be a lot of lone soldiers out there doing our own thing. So just having that, having that connection, like you said, heading down on a Saturday and uh, more of a catch up and have a coffee just to bring a bit of more balance back into your life. Yeah, yeah. I think even one week, like we went, it was for someone's birthday anyway, but we went like go-karting one week. Some yeah. weeks, you yeah. know, we might I might stay down and spend most of the day on the coast or who yeah. knows. But yeah, socially it is kind of, that's how I get down there on a Saturday now. It's not even for the running i just tell myself you know let's go see Jordo, let's go see the boys let's you know let's yeah. have brecky you yeah. know let's catch up with jacko and tom it's like the running's great and it is like a byproduct of that but it's just great to see yeah my other mates and also the juniors that we kind of we've got a role in now high performance group of also kind of like uh guiding their pathway but also like providing knowledge experience and kind of saving them time from the lessons that we've learned you know hey, this might work, hey, this doesn't, you're doing yeah. well here, maybe yep. don't do this, yeah. Yep, no, no. So you're only 23? Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, that's good because you've still got so much running ahead of you, but you still like the senior boys. I guess when you're a 14-year-old, 23's an old man, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like that's what I mean. It does feel like I've been doing it for 10 years already. So. Yeah. So um, that's your running. Do you do any other cross-training? It's just mainly running? Or, and what about your rehab stuff? mobility um i don't do any other like cardio cross training the one thing that's touch wood haven't been in like haven't had a major injury for couldn't tell you how long but i do pilates once a week um in a group yes yeah, so it's a group class but it's yep. mainly the guys because i've been going so long now they kind of designate it a lot towards running like okay. not 
100% specifically. Like we do a bit of, you know, arm stuff, which look you need. But mm. yeah, a lot of it is very much specific to running. And it's great now after five years of that, like I'm in a maintenance phase of it. So I push where I can, um, but I don't like it affecting my training, especially like, so I do this a Wednesday night and a good example is like if I've got hill reps Thursday morning, which is quite common, it's a pretty nasty turnaround, especially if let's say I do my midweek long run on a Wednesday, it's a lot for the legs. Um, so some weeks, you know, I'll rock up, do my class, I'll use lighter resistance, same if I'm racing, other weeks I might push a bit harder, but it's kind of just this average like maintenance phase where it's ticking me over and keeping me with enough strength to keep me injury free. Would you consider it more strength and mobility? Yeah, definitely more strength and probably like mobility work. Yeah, look, probably need to do a bit more of that. I get to, you know, I do a little bit here and there. More, I'd say, as a response to a sensation or feeling than as a preventative. So I tend to do it if, you know, let's say I do a track session and I feel restricted. I'll go, you know, that sucked. I hated that. You know, I need to be feeling, oh, I, I like to feel like this. What yep. do I need to do to feel like this? As opposed to having a structured weekly thing. Yep. Look, I could be more diligent with that and I probably should be and I'll be the first to say that. Are there any certain areas that you always have to keep an eye on? Areas that tighten up or whether it be calves yeah. or hips or... Good question. So over the last probably like two years, I find I usually get like quite tight through my adductors or like tight. Yeah, probably tight. But the best way to describe it, anyone who kind of knows this feeling, it's restrictive. So you're like, go to open up your stride. Like you might be fine at three minute Ks, but let's say you jump on the track and you just got to run that tiny bit quicker. It's just like you can do it, but you really, it's not easy. You lose all rhythm each step's independent of the previous and you don't feel like you're like nothing smooth so it's a terrible feeling like i kind of got a little bit at the moment but i've got my coping and i guess like mechanisms in place so to elaborate on that like i usually jump on the roller but it's not as simple as that it's like really hard to kind of get and it looks hilarious so imagine lying face down having your leg up at 90 degrees and then you've kind of got to like roll through it in your adductor a little bit but even that sometimes doesn't get it i think i know <laughs> what you're talking about and maybe a few yeah. other people listening have because yeah internally i get tight through the adductor sometimes especially in, in the real long stuff and uh yeah i tend to get on the roll and try and get in that area and yeah if anyone was looking they'd go what the hell is going on over there because yeah. you, you so tend to just go looking for it and you, you put your body in these weird positions because you sort of know what you're trying to get onto. Yeah, it looks hilarious. The other one yeah. I've found which gives relief, I just can't, you know, afford it all the time, is um, dry needling at the physio. I'll try and do, like, every few months. Yeah. You know, I'd love it more regularly, but, you know, that's life. Uh, just before Gold Coast, so I saw my physio, the same guy that takes my Pilates class, he managed to trigger point it because that's the thing about this. I can't do it. It's in such a hard mm. place yet. It's almost from behind and underneath. Like yeah. everyone takes a piss out of me at training. It looks like I'm sticking my finger up my butt when I'm trying to get it. But he can lie me on my stomach and get in near my hamstrings kind of a bit further up and apply enough force that I can't do my, to myself. And that released it well before Gold Coast so that was a good eye-opener for me and something I'll probably keep doing before big races some of those things yeah you just can't get into I think I had something similar to that a long long time ago so I know exactly what you're talking about yeah and it just like kind of persists mine never really worsens but it's just like a byproduct I find of uh like high volume training wait your body yeah your body's just tight from big months big weeks and then you you know, try and run quick or try and run literally a bit quicker and open up and it's just not happening. Load versus capacity. That's what we're always fighting against, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Trying to walk that line. Exactly. Mate, let's head over to some um, half marathons you did in 2019. I'm um, interested in having a look at them. We're at Maragami there, the international. So first yep. of all, well, yeah, why did you head over there? So that was February, yeah, like I said, 2019. You ran a 66.31. Yes, cool. So I went over there with Joe Burgess from Sydney. And our aim of the trip or aim of doing that race was to qualify for World Uni Games, which I believe was in Naples that year. I think the time was 107 we needed. But yeah, there were three three stronger runners or three faster times or something. 
Um, so, yeah, even though we ran the time, we didn't end up getting selected that time around. Yeah, right, but it yeah. was a PB at the time. Is that... So I was very happy with it. Yeah, definitely. Was that your first run in Japan? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. And a race I'd love to get back to sometime. I really rate it for any, you know, listeners looking for a fast half marathon that's close to home in a cool place and also for a holiday. Like Marigami's something you can do you know, a holiday and a run in a week and not be jet-lagged. Yeah, there's so many pluses about that, isn't there? Yeah. The time zone, yeah, the shorter flight. Yeah, February is probably like four or five degrees. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it was like two at 9 a.m. or something. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, you probably, you can, I don't know if you got my profile up or something. I think I came nine, I was in the 90s. Yeah. So um, the depth yeah. of that race, I saw another stat, I think it was the year Brett won and ran our national record. Something like a hundred or two hundred people under some stupid yeah. time. Like the depth of it, it's Unreal. not just the winners, yeah. but the depth of that race for anyone looking to run quick. Really good place to go. Copenhagen. You went over there in September. You ran a little bit quicker, sixty-five forty. What was that trip all about? Yeah. So that was. I'm just trying to think where I was in terms of because I was still studying, but I think I just wanted to, you know, get away, see a mate, do something different, chase okay. a half. Once again, I think I was trying to. Yeah, probably trying to qualify for maybe World Unis, maybe something else, maybe just wanted to run a PB. Who knows? I actually yep. can't remember. Yep. But I did go for mainly a holiday after it. So I kind of did Copenhagen at the start of my trip and then had a holiday after it. But the cool thing about that race, which I still tell a lot of people, is that was the year that Camora ran 58.01 there. Oh, okay. It's not yep. the world record at the moment. I think it was pretty close to it at the time, but still ridiculously quick. And... I have this running joke with everyone as well about that race because I kind of blow, blew up like the last 5K. I went out, you know, pretty quick for my standards at the time. And I, I was complaining, you know, about I think to Louis specifically about this headwind and, you know, a little bit uphill towards the end. And then I came across the finish line. They still had his winning time up there. And, you know, 58.01, especially uh, three years ago, was even more ridiculous than it is now. And I was almost just a little bit offended that someone – seem to you know not have too much trouble in the back end of the course and i would i was complaining around like yeah i was like oh you know the course course wasn't great which for anyone wanting to know it it's rapid it was just me blowing up pretty pretty funny another great run that i'm very lucky to have done let's talk about 22 starting at zatapec there now you'll tell me why the 3021 isn't a fast time for your standards so let's talk about that one yeah so that that's a really good one because um sorry not the race but a good talking point um, so I'd rolled, what, three weeks, I think, up in January up at Falls Creek um, with a lot of other Australian distance runners, and things were going really well up there. Like, I knew I was in shape, probably had the best session of my life up there, and I also kind of tell a lot of people now, like, I probably had my Zatapec up there, <laughs> which is quite common. Like, I'm not experienced at altitude, getting more experienced. But, yeah, only came down two or three days before. That might have played a part. Who knows? Might not have. So I think generally I was a little bit on the tired side, but the way I felt was unreal. What actually happened during that race was I got like this abdominal cramp, which I had. You can probably see it in my other results as well. Sunny Coast last year, I had a bit of a stinker. So same thing. I had an abdominal cramp from overhydrating, which I believe. Um, and I've kind of changed that and haven't had it since. Basically, what happens is I'm sitting in a hotel room like we all are the day before, you know, a bit nervous or the day of, like Zatapec, it's a nice night race. I'm sitting in aircon all day. And what do you do? You're like, I don't want to move. I just sat up, kept sipping on a water bottle. I think I drank two or three water bottles. And like, I never do that. And yeah, I think that's what's actually causing it. Fingers yeah. crossed, because I haven't haven't had it again. It's completely debilitating and the worst feeling. Is um, that the back end of the race? Uh, both times it has been Zatapec actually I wouldn't even call it the back end like it was like five and a half k okay so I got I was going through pretty well with Andre Waring like he'll he'll even second this we were talking to each other like it was a hot day but I still think you know it was possible to run a lot quicker than definitely what I ran sure um but yeah we were talking to each other saying you know it we'd kind of gap uh the main part of the field um it was like you know two laps each if we keep rolling strong, you know, we'll pull away here and probably stay away from the main part of the field. And all of a sudden, yeah, this thing set on and, oh, 
shocking. Yeah, I still finished the race, which I'm not even going to say I'm proud of that. But I got there. Yeah, it was very, very grim and something I hope I don't experience again. And sure. I hope I've learnt from that. Fingers yeah. crossed I've nailed it on the head, which I think I have. Mm. A lot of guys that day, yeah, it was the heat. Okay. Um, but yeah. that that wasn't my thing. Then yeah. we trained through the heat in summer up here. Like that 10K I ran, um, my PB out in Queensland, like same thing. It was probably maybe not quite as hot, but not far off it. Like that's pretty – and Noosa, that's another one that's stinking hot. We just – our summer, like, yeah, we'll run 30, 32 degrees. You just suck it up. Yeah, well, you said fingers crossed. Hopefully that's all it was, mate. Fingers crossed, yeah, because it is completely debilitating. There's no other word to describe. Yeah. It's not like a breathing yeah. or something. Shoving like, your thumb looking, into it? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to run – with my like my hand pretty much in my yeah. ribs and then after doing that as soon as you take your hand out it gets it even worse so it's yeah. something that like continues to develop and get worse until you stop like it resorted to me running around lakeside with one hand in my ribs and the other hand on my head never a nice feeling yeah. were you concerned um, that it was a bit more serious than that i knew it was no yeah. maybe also because of you know might be a little bit ignorant at my age as well but that thought never entered my yeah. head and i did i had experience before at um sunshine coast so okay that's i hadn't drawn the link at that point in time yep. but after um after melbourne the two similarities are basically just sitting around in a hotel room just drinking water in march you mentioned there before you um headed over to portugal there to compete in the world cross uni games so tell us about that ed, ed was over there you finished ninth in in 2840 you happy with that race and that whole trip yes and no great trip loved meeting a lot of athletes around australia and Benny was our team manager, Benson Lawrence. Oh, um, yeah, loved meeting him. Learned heaps off him as well. How the actual race played out. Look, it was, I don't know if anyone saw the course of the live stream. It was probably, it was a shame, uh, or for me anyway, it was like probably the worst course you'd hope to, you know, travel to the other side of the world and run across country at. It was like, it was either 1500 or 2K lap. Maybe every corner was basically a U-turn. The course was gravel and mud. So basically what I'm saying is you could not get any momentum, speed. Like, yeah, look, I get, I guess that's cross country, but it was just not flowing at all, even towards the last lap. Yeah. So you're constantly like decelerating and accelerating. There were never any straights. Course just looped back on itself. So I struggled with that, um, being a more, yeah, like I was one of the fitter guys in that race. So it was Ed. Ed had COVID the week before, um, so that, that definitely lets him off the hook. But we were both, Ed and I, prior to going over, hoping to do a little bit better. Nonetheless, like, I'm still still proud of ninth. Guys that, like, finished right up there. Incredible athletes. Um, a few of the guys that I'm still in touch with now have gone on to run, like, 340 for the 1500 this season and okay. a few other, in, you know, incredible times. I think there was a low 28 in there and then... I think they were Ugandan athletes that won it. They were just another level again. But, yeah, I would have liked to, same like the Gold Coast analogy, uh, like be in the race a bit more because I went to the front very early and the theory behind this was because the course was so windy, like you just, even if you don't want to be at the front, like you actually just have to be there because there's 60 aggressive men, you know, running a race that you might, like I knew it, I knew it was my last year, so like I'm not getting another shot at it. It's a very, you know, it's an opportunity you don't get back. So you you got to go to the front on a course like that and try and run the shortest distance and the cleanest race. And also just, yeah, it <laughs> didn't work out for me. So that was why I went to the front. And they made a move at like 4 or 5K. And I just had nothing. Look, might not have been good enough, might not have been strong enough. Maybe, maybe the half the week before took a bit out of the tank. But the one part I was really impressed about that race was, so I think it was the fourth lap or I had a, yeah, I did have a really good lap towards the end. Like, you know, when you, you know, it's not a great race, but you've got a choice to kind of like fight for, yeah, like let's, let's say 13th or 12th. Like you can fight for something that on another day doesn't mean too much, but like when you're wearing the green and gold and you got your mates beside you, like I was very proud of the way I battled for, you know, there were other athletes from other countries that kind of threw in the towel. Okay. Um, had this British bloke, ended up beating him, and we, yeah, same thing. We had a massive battle, and I just fought really hard, even though it was like something where I – it's not one of my best races, but I fought as hard as I could, and that's really important when you wear the green and gold. 
In June, mate, Oceania champion. That sounds pretty good. You won the 10,000 metres up there in Mackay in 29.49. Yeah, so um, after COVID and stuff, yeah, I kind of just wanted to get as many opportunities as I could, um, you know, just applying for things, repping, um, like World Uni Games. I applied for that and was lucky enough to get selected as well, but that got canned. So, yeah, Oce- uh, then I decided to apply for Oceana's pretty late and was like, you know, let's um, try and get a 10,000 out. I was racing. I'd already see. I'd already teed up Launceston because that was seven days later. So I knew I was already going to that. Got to Mackay. Look, everyone who saw the race or seen the results, like it's not a crash hot place to run a ten thousand. I knew I was racing seven days later. Once again, you don't want to take piss out of the race or anything. So I got to a point where I was two or three laps up. Still kept running pretty hard, but at the end of the day, like you're very hot, humid. You know, if I break myself, I wouldn't have gone too much quicker for not a lot of gain to race in seven days' time. So I was hoping to, A, get the win, but B, not do a whole lot of damage to the body with other races coming up. Was that an evening race? No, I think it was like 3 p.m. in the Arvo. Yeah, so it actually was, it caught me off guard, actually. It was very humid up there. I just assumed because it's winter, maybe not. But, yeah, it was oddly humid, not pleasant at all. For distance running. In May, down to Sydney for the uh, Sydney Morning Herald Half, finishing second there behind uh, Liam. He loves to win that race down there, Liam <laughs> Adams. You ran 65.33. Happy with that? Yeah, I'd, for the unseeing that, or, you know, running that course unseen, anyone who knows that one, oh. Like, it's got a few hills in it. It's a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, like, I'd seen the elevation profile, but running it's another story yeah. again. Credit to Liam Adams, the way he runs that. Like, I might be more brave if I run it next year to kind of, A, go out with him or near um but so basically he just attacks from the start first 4k is pretty much downhill but in saying that the last 4k you know you've got to come all back up it and it's rolling hills pretty much the rest of the race so knowing that i you know didn't go with it i felt like i ran pretty well through the race i think i had the quickest split through the back 10k but you know that means nothing if you're going through 40 seconds off the pace like it was a good run you know my terms for not seeing the course i definitely think just running that course more efficiently i could gain 40 seconds 30 seconds but yeah very happy with second that day and i rem- i still remember the doms that i woke up with the next day <laughs> that was yeah it's far from an easy run that course no nah, definitely you've got to be in shape definitely I-, I went there um yeah not in great shape and yeah, and there's nowhere to hide when you hit those little rises, and it's like, God, this is tough. Kind of. Is it, how about that last little kicker as well? Um, see, I don't know the name of Sid, like Sydney's places. Is it a seat or something near the water? It's like 19k. You run down through the park. Yeah, Lady Macquarie's chair. That one. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's a little kicker coming back up that road, and there is, that yeah. adductor. Um, what I spoke about previously with my doctor, it literally had like cramped or locked by about 19, 19 and a half K. I had to get up this hill and my stride at that point in time just was so short and restricted. Uh, I just didn't know if I was going to get to the finish line <laughs> and we're all 40 seconds apart. So that yeah, was okay. the worst part about it, like in the sense of like I knew I had so much time, but it was a weird situation in the sense of like, yeah, can I get myself another K and a half? Just a shocking feeling. But yeah, I managed to get there. And on a different day, I, you know, if that happens at Gold Coast, like you, you lose three spots in the last K. Um, so that was a good learning experience from that race. You know, I need to get on top of those things because on a different day, if I don't have a 40 second buffer over yeah. uh, Liam Burden behind me, you're like, he comes through, cleans me up. I might have moved down a fifth. Sunshine Coast, four weeks time. You've got the Aussie Half Marathon champs. You're going to line up? No, so I'm having a, what am I doing? I'm doing Sydney Harbour 10K this yep. weekend. Did a local 10K last week, Jetty to Jetty, and probably doing park to park half marathon the week after that. So I'm going to do three weeks in a row um, and probably after that have at least a week or two off. Like I might do Sunny Coast 10. It could be pushing the envelope, but I'm going to wait till not long before it. You know, just see how the body's going. Maybe even city to surf, but I just kind of want to negotiate through these, or the, like these three weeks in a row. Mainly this this weekend, anyway. Being Harbour Ten, that's the one I'm going to run the hardest out of the three. Like this is obviously all out, pretty big race. So, yeah, 
see how I go, probably start of August, but heading over to Europe late August, September to do a few road races over there. So that is the kind of priority. And if it means I have to miss a little bit domestically here at the start of August, then look, I don't like doing it or missing it, I mean, but, you know, if you want to run your best, I feel like I might have to have a bit of downtime before yep. I go over. For sure. Tell us about heading over. Where are you heading? What are you going to do? Yeah, sweet. So I'm very lucky. Um, I won a Red Bull Trailheads race November last year down at um, it was at Gold Coast Hinterland somewhere. I'm terrible with names of places, but anyone you can Google the race, you'll see it. It's, it's like a six k staged segment race. Okay. So these stages we could have as long as we wanted in between, but it's all on trail and very undulating. So it's an interesting concept in the sense that you imagine just flogging like a trail for a kilometre mm. and then you can have like five minutes. Yeah, so pretty cool race. Red Bull sponsored it, put it on, and the winner of that got to, yeah, free flights and a trip overseas to run the Red Bull 400. So that's what I'll be doing in Innsbruck. I think it's August 28th. or It's the same day as our national cross country. So, yeah, sadly I won't be running that this year either. Okay. Are you aware, Aston, of the Red Bull 400? No, that's all I'm about to ask you. Yeah, all good. So, you know what a ski jump is? Yeah, you basically run up that. It's 400 metres long. Oh, okay, right. It's You've probably seen videos. That I think I have. I'm genu- genuinely scared for my own safety. Yeah, and no, the worst I have part seen that. Is, worst part as well. It'll be great great fun and a really cool experience. Um, But, yeah, there's heat semis and finals, I believe, all in the same morning. Yeah, so okay. it does – it's going to become quite – um tactical in that sense how how to play it because obviously i want to progress as far as i can pretty cool experience like yeah big thanks to red bull for you know getting me over there and doing it so that, um, they'll pay the whole bill yeah they're paying for yeah. flights accommodation Unreal. um yeah, yeah. And transport over there so yeah. it is something that that's the prize they we were talking to courtney about it and he said what do you want we said something that only red bull can do and yeah so it is pretty cool and i want to try and once again, it's one of those opportunities you may not ever get back. Yep. As odd as it is, it's yeah, you go into it, you want to try and win the thing. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Is it Aussie yeah, ever won it? I've got no idea. I had a yeah. look at the times though that it takes people to run this four hundred meters and it's we're talking three, four, five minutes. Well, it's, you don't you don't run it, do you? You're pretty much climbing at the top. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you get about twenty or thirty meters where it might be by definition what we'd call running. Yeah. And then apart from that like I, I'm not going to do any specific training for it, so I, I expect to struggle. It looks something that suits a very powerful athlete. Sure. So look, I, you know, I'll try my best, but mm. just going off videos, times, and stuff. Yeah, I don't think I'll win the thing, but I would yeah. love to be in the final. And if you're in the final and can just have one run, as you know, empty the tank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it'll be cool to see what I can do. Yeah. And you mentioned Courtney. I assume you mean Courtney Atkinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's, he's, run, he runs the he's run that yeah. before? Don't think so, but don't quote me. I could be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I actually don't know if he has. I'd assume it's a no. But he has done lots of other, like, I know he's run Fuji in Japan, done a few other things. He's always, yeah, hard to keep up with. He's always around the place with Red Bull, doing really cool things. Is he still moving pretty well as a runner? Will he be at City oh, Surf? Yeah. Or? yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you should see him through. I haven't been down there for a while, but on a Tuesday at the Spit, I still see him on Strava. He um, runs with our group, so through the trails there at the Spit, and yeah, he gets going. <laughs> like it's all, it's it's slow through there, so it's um, on Strava. It doesn't look anything impressive, but anyone who's run there or done our sessions there knows how hard that is and how fast that actually is. Oh, the other part I didn't elaborate on, so I'm using that trip. Yep. to hopefully run a 10k in Prague so seven days later a 10k in Prague have like week or two off but training in London and then racing Copenhagen again in September okay unreal they're getting 40 degrees over there at the moment that's insane isn't it yeah I'm glad I'm not over there yeah <laughs> I was thinking about the uh talking about soccer before uh, English Premier League teams are over here they're probably stoked they're not over there running around in that yeah. Did you also see there was, uh, I think they asked Bruno Fernandes the other day, or he said on the side, he's like, it's colder than England. And I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're used, they've, they've acclimatized to the heat, maybe, because yeah, okay. I think they were cold in Melbourne. 
Um, yeah. That'd be pretty normal for what they deal with for six months of the year at least. Which anymore. team do you barrack over there? I'm a massive Liverpool fan and okay. I do have tickets to the Liverpool versus Wolverhampton at Anfield at the start of August. So okay, yeah, right, yeah. I'm right. very keen for that. Yeah. Also impulsively bought um, tickets to the World Cup with training mate Jordan McLennan for later in the year. That's awesome. So right into it, yeah. Yeah, I mentioned uh, yeah via texting a while ago that I yeah got to see uh, the final round when I was over there a couple of months ago, and um, yeah, I was watching the the final scores. They weren't putting them up on the up on the electronic board, so I was just sort of looking at final scores. And you know, when Liverpool were up and Man City were down, I thought, oh, you're kidding me? Could they do it? And for them to come yeah. out and score three goals in five minutes and take it away, and uh, yeah, it was nasty. And it was I was watching Arsenal versus Everton, and Everton obviously don't like Liverpool, so they were. Uh, even though we, we Arsenal yeah. beat them five one, they were um, going nuts in the crowd because they realised that uh, Man City got it, not Liverpool. But yeah, it was an exciting finish to the season, and um, that was my first uh, yeah Premier League match to go and watch. So it was an incredible experience. That would have been a pretty cool experience. Um... Yeah, that whole last day last season was, yeah, something that might only happen once a decade, once every 20 years, so it's yeah. pretty cool. All right, so you mentioned, uh, yeah, what's happening there. Look, you've done, I don't want to put the pressure on, but when's that debut marathon coming? Like, Louis, Louis really set the standard high there, mate, with his 217, but, yeah, yeah what are your thoughts? Yeah. Are you sort of holding off for a while? You still want to get a bit quicker over the short stuff, or...? Yeah, I'd like to try one pretty pretty soon. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. Gold Coast, I've said, like, that's that's the place to do my first one, being from Brisbane. The other reason is, you know, like, it's financially not a... You're not putting a lot of money down, even if, like, let's say a blow up or something happens. Like, it's it's close to home. You just finish it. Like, yeah. whether it turns into a two-hour 40 or you have a run like Louis did, yeah. um, you just... That, that'd be the goal for my first one, like get get through and finish 42K, know what that feels like. But, yeah, not, not too far off. The only question mark for me that stops me putting a date on it is the transition from uni to work. Sure. Um, so I should hopefully – we'll see what happens in the next six months, but if I can land a job, find a routine over Christmas and hopefully start work, yeah, it's something I'll be thinking about come, yeah, January. What's the market like? Have you sort of got the feelers out there and you've got some rough ideas? Not too much yet. Okay. I'm hoping to do that more in August slash or even at least once I've got my second prac underway. So my uni subjects like that I'm about to start next week, they actually go through a lot of that stuff, how to help us, how to approach. Yeah, we got a few like, I guess, business-like subjects in that sense. So um, even after doing those like three-week intensive units, I'm going to wait and even quiz my lecturers and stuff like that and get a bit more of a idea slash real-world experience before I kind of go headhunting with no experience. <laughs> okay, team mate, that's a wrap. Uh, thanks heaps for finding uh, time to chat to me today. It's been a, been a pleasure. Um, you're certainly one of the... Uh... One of the distance running stars that we've got coming up, the age of 23, there's obviously a big future ahead. All the best with all your races coming up in the next few weeks. Mate, if we could all follow along with the journey, maybe I can whack some of your social handles down there, possibly Instagram. You happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, throw my Insta on there. Awesome. Whatever else, I'm pretty crazy. And yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. No, it's been great, Tim. All right, thanks heaps, mate. Yeah, cheers. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Okay, bye, mate. See ya. Bye. Hey listeners, hope you're really enjoying the interviews that the podcast is providing you. Hours and hours goes into getting these episodes out to you from go to woe. So you could just give me less than a minute of your time in return and rate and review the podcast. Just increase its visibility so more people like you can enjoy listening to these runner stories and journeys. I reckon the more exposure these athletes get, the stronger our sport will become. That'd be great. Thank you. Cheers.